0: And tonight, I want to preach the message we've been going through the last three weeks. We've been talking about Christ prophesied and then Christ magnified. And tonight, we're going to be looking at how Christ is glorified. Christ is glorified in our life. And tonight, if you've ever been in that place where you, you've been in the place where someone asks you, you know, are you a follower of Jesus? And when you think, okay, am I a follower of Jesus? Well, tonight, we're going to look at tonight's message and we're going to see truly if we are a follower of Jesus Christ. And I don't know about you, I want to be following him, especially what's going on in the world today. So much chaos, so much madness. And we look at our world today and we know Jesus is coming very soon. We have to be ready. And no matter how old you are how young you are, you're never too young to serve Jesus and you're never too old to serve Jesus. And he's a miracle working God. He can restore marriages. He can restore uh, lives, minds, hearts. That's the God that you and I serve. We serve a supernatural working God. He's an all-powerful, almighty God. So if you have your Bibles tonight, I want you to go to, with me to the book of Luke, chapter 24. The book of Luke, chapter 24. And the story is that Jesus was crucified. And they laid him in the tomb. And all of a sudden, uh, what happens is uh, two ladies are going to the tomb to go there and, and, and uh, put perfume and, and, and stuff on Jesus and to look at Jesus. But all of a sudden, as they get there, they notice, they notice that the tombstone is open. The tombstone is open, and they see two men in that place. So we're going to go right there. And these men, they tell these ladies something. Verse 7 and 8. The Bible says this. I'll start in verse 5. It says, so the women were terrified and they bowed down to the ground. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? I'm going to say that one more time. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? Ask the man. He is not here, but he has risen. He has risen. Let's say that tonight as a church. He has risen. One more time. He has risen. Tonight, you know what, I know that God has risen. Why? Because my life has been transformed. But not only my life, your life has been transformed by the power of Jesus Christ. Been transformed, totally made new. The Bible says that we are new creations in him. The Bible says that these ladies, he said, where is this man? He's not here. He has risen. Then it goes on to say, remember how he spoke this to you when he was still in Galilee. Why don't we go ahead and pray tonight. Lord, we thank you for your Holy Spirit here in this place. And we thank you, God, for all that you've done in our lives, all that you're doing right now. We give you all the honor, all the praise, and all the glory. Lord, and right now, Lord, I just pray, Lord, that you, Lord, would touch hearts and minds. You'd encourage souls and spirits today. If there's anyone here today battling illness or discouragement or whatever they're battling, that you would set them free. I pray tonight that you knock off, God. Give us freedom from sin. Give us freedom from sin tonight, Lord. Lord, I pray right now that you would help us and strengthen us, Lord. And that you lead tonight's service. In the mighty name of Jesus and all God's people said. Tonight in this place, when you accepted Jesus Christ and he just transformed your life, how many of us know that we are not the same people that we are, that we were? All of a sudden, God, he put a a light in our life. Some of us were set free from demons, demonials. We were set free by the power of God, and God just set us free. All of a sudden, we stopped going to the dope connection. Don't act shy tonight. You stop going to certain places you know you shouldn't have been. Because God transformed your life. And all of a sudden, that fear and shame of getting caught, you no longer have that shame. Why? Because you got caught by Jesus. You got caught by Jesus. There was no more. There was no more hiding from God. There was no more being ashamed of God. Why? Because now we are made in right standing with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. One man, he said these words about Jesus. and I love these words that he said about Jesus. He said, a man who was completely innocent, Offered himself as a sacrifice for the good of others, including his enemies. And he became a ransom of the world. It was a perfect act. It was a perfect act. And that's what Jesus did for us. A perfect act. He had no sin. No sin. He never lied. He never stole. He never looked at a woman lustfully. He never did anything that contradicted the law of his father. But you and I, how many of us know we've broken many of those rules? We've broken many of those rules. We've done things that we shouldn't have done. We've thought things that we shouldn't have thought. And we've been involved in things that we shouldn't have been involved in. And Jesus, what he did is he came and he died on the cross in our place. What we deserved. And he shed his blood in our place. He was whipped for us. For our transgressions. The Bible says that he was like a lamb to the slaughter. As he went there innocent, blameless, perfect. He went there and he died on the cross for you and I. The good news today... He's not dead. He's not dead. You don't have to have a cross with him there all down and defeated because victory, victory came through him. Defeat couldn't hold him down. The Bible says that after three days, he rose again. He rose again. They went to the tomb. They were looking. They were all defeated and discouraged. They said, oh, what are we going to do? It's over. And all of a sudden, they started remembering the words that Jesus said. He said, you know what, I'm going to die, but you know what, I'm going to rise again. So today, he's alive again. Do you believe that Jesus is alive? Why don't we live like it then? Why don't we live like we know he's alive? That there's a power living inside of us. A resurrection power living inside of us. There's a dunamis living inside of us. Each and every one of us, we have a lifeline to the Father through prayer. Why don't we pray like we need to pray? Why don't we fast anymore? Why don't we come to church every single day like we used to when we barely got saved? Why is it such a drag for us to be in church? Why is it so hard for us to be on time? Why is it so hard for us to be in the house of the Lord? Why? It's because other things have taken priority over our relationship with God because we've come so far. We've been so blessed. Let's not forget who blessed us and why he blessed us and what's the reason why he blessed us. Man, pizzas are coming through the place. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. If you're watching online and you leave your house right now, if you're in Alley County, you may be able to get a slice of pizza. This evening, Christ glorified inside of our life. Have you ever been in a place where you're like, oh, I'm just tired of serving the Lord. Let's be real. Last week I was praying for our church. I said, Lord, we need a wake-up call. I said, I need a wake-up call. I, I feel like our church is not where the place where it needs to be. I'm going to be honest with you tonight. I feel like we're not in the place that we need to be. We've grown comfortable and complacent. We've grown... Uh, Our prayer life is not where it needs to be. My prayer life is not where it needs to be. Lord, help us to get to that place where we need to be acting like you're coming again, like you're going to return. And if we know he's going to return, what are we going to do? We're going to act like it. We're going to pray like it. We're going to fast like it. We're going to serve like it. We're going to be those people. See, Christ died for us, but he said for us to die to self. I was here at 8 a.m. prayer this morning. Hardly anybody here. I'm sorry, this is not the formal Easter sermon. But I'm just going to be real with you guys today. Our church will die if we don't pray. Our church will die if we don't pray. See, there is power that flows through prayer. There is access we have to God through Jesus Christ. When he died and resurrected, when he died and resurrected, you and I are able to boldly come to his throne of grace in our time of need. I don't know about you, but I need Jesus. Let's stop living like we don't need him. Let's stop living like we don't need him. Because if we live like we don't need him, it's not going to be good, church. We need him every single day of our life. He resurrected. Thank you, Jesus. He resurrected. Christ glorified. See, Jesus lived a fully surrendered life to the Father's will. Tonight, are you fully surrendered to the Father's will? Do you think Jesus wanted to go to the cross? Do you think he really wanted to? Do you think he's like, oh, I can't wait to go to the cross? No, he died there. He said, Father, if this cup can pass for me, nevertheless, not I, but thy will be done. Not my will, but thy will be done. See, Jesus had a chance to escape if he wanted to. He could have called legions of angels say, said, Dad, get me out of here right now. Get me the secret force angels of Gabriel and Michael and get me back to heaven right now. I don't want no more of this. If they don't want to listen to me, don't let them listen to me and let them die in their sin. He could have, but he didn't. He had many chances to capitalize and he didn't. He surrendered All. I want you to jump with me to Luke chapter 23. And verse 7 and 8. The Bible says these words to you and I. Jesus just coming into the place of the most famous, famous, powerful man of his time. He comes right into his presence. This man had authority to release Jesus. He had authority for Jesus to 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 set him free. And look what the Bible says that Jesus did. This man, his name was Herod. He's in history books. Everyone knows about this man. It's documented this man. The Bible says in verse um 7 it says finding that he was under Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who was also in Jerusalem during those days. Herod was very glad to see Jesus for he longed t- for a long time he wanted to see him because he had a mir- he had heard about him And was hoping to see some miracle performed by him. So he kept asking him questions. But Jesus did not answer him. Jesus said, I'm not going to answer him. Because he knew that Herod was going to be the easy escape. But Jesus wasn't concerned about Herod. He was concerned about the father's will, not Herod's will. Whose will are you concerned about? Are you concerned about your boss's will and your company's will and everyone else's will instead of God's will? Are you concerned about God's will alone? Saying, God, whatever you have, whatever you will for me, God, I'm going to do that that you call me to do. Can we be real tonight? Is he Lord of all in your life? The way Jesus was surrendered to the Father, you and I have to daily surrender our life to the will of Jesus Christ. Daily, we have to crucify our flesh. How low? Do any of us like it? I don't think so. Do any of us like waking up early to pray? It's hard, right? Do any of us like to fast? It's hard, right? Do any of us like to? No, it's hard. But we have to do it. We have to crucify our flesh. And that's what Jesus did. He crucified his flesh. Fully surrendered to the Father's will. Tonight, God's plan was to send his son to die for our sins. Jesus was obedient unto death. He was obedient unto death. For death, he was obedient to Jesus, our Savior, our Savior. The second point tonight is what his death means to us. What his death means to us. See, he died so we can die to sin and live in righteousness. I didn't get one amen tonight. He died to sin so we can live in righteousness. In righteousness. That means that you and I, we can die to sin. That that flesh and that carnal nature that wants to rise up in us, we can die to it by what Christ did inside of our life. The Bible says in First Peter chapter 2 and verse 24, it says, he bore our sins on his body on the cross. He bore our sins on his body on the cross that we might die to sin. Everyone say die to sin. And live in righteousness. So he died so we could die to sin. But as we die, we come alive in righteousness. That means that we're a new creation. That means that all of a sudden God's doing something powerful in our life. That means we don't have to we don't have to be that same man, that same woman that you and I used to be. Do Christians sin? Yes, because they're not dying to the flesh. And the more we feed the flesh, the more that it wants to just dominate our life. When you and I say, Jesus, by your power, I know I can be set free from sin. And I can say no to the devil. And I can say no to my flesh. And I can say no to the world. He will give you the power to do that. He'll give me the power to do that. He'll give me the power to overcome that temptation that comes your way. He'll give you that power that you need in your life. And all of a sudden you have that strength, that victory inside your life. You can say, you know what, devil, no, I don't want it. I'm not going to do that. Your flesh is saying, go do it, go do it, go do it. And you, your spirit says you're not going to have your, your ways, flesh. You're not going to have dominion, flesh. There's this battle going on inside of our life right here. There's this battle going on inside of our life right here. And we have the choice whether we're going to listen to the flesh or to the spirit of God. And you and I, the Bible says to crucify the flesh. To crucify the flesh that the spirit of God can have what? Dominion inside of our life. It's powerful, it's supernatural, but God will give us that victory inside of our life that we can crucify our flesh. And say no to the flesh. Not only did Christ die to help us die to sin. How many of us know we have to die to sin every day, right? Right? I'm going to say right there just one second longer, maybe 20, 30 more seconds longer. A lot of us, we think we cannot overcome sin because we've lost so many times to the devil, to the flesh, and to the world. You have a mindset where the devil is lying to you and say, you can't win. You can't win. You're just going to go back. You did good for six months. You did good for nine months. But look at you now. You know what you need to do? You need to take God's word at, at what it is, the truth. That he who is in Christ is a new creation, the old has passed, the new has begun. Am I saying you're going to be perfect? No, none of us are going to be perfect, but you will have victory upon victory upon victory if you'll walk in truth, if you'll walk in truth, because he who the sun sets free is free indeed. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. We can't be captive to sin like over and over just falling back into that pit, falling back into that pit. No, Jesus' resurrection gave us victory that we can have what? Victory inside of our life. So I want to say that as church. Christ has given me victory. Okay, let's say it as a church, all right? Let me say this. As you say this tonight, I believe by faith that there's going to be something released in your spirit. Because you've been having a party with the devil too much where he says, hey, don't even listen to God. Don't listen to his word. You're going to be always bound by this and bound by this and bound by pornography and bound by bound by this drug and bound by this alcohol and bound by, by this addiction and bound by this lifestyle and bound by all those things. You know what? I know that God can set you free tonight. It's not because of a mantra we're going to say. It's not because... Uh, you know, anything that that I do. It's because of what he already did. The the, the price has already been paid that you and I can walk in victory. That's why I'm so blessed tomorrow we're going to get baptized. Some of you need to get baptized again. It's okay. It's okay. But tonight, let's say it like we really mean it. See, when Christ died, there was a payment paid. Something was verified. Something was validated right there at that moment. For you and I on our behalf. And so tonight when I, when I say this, I want you to say it with me with all your heart. Say Christ has given me victory. On the count of three, I want you to do it with all of your heart. I want you to do it with all of your mind. I want you to watch it online at your home, at your job, in your car. I want you to say it with all of your heart. Say it like you mean it. I believe tonight walls of Jericho are going to come crumbling down. As we say this tonight as a church... Why do I know this is true empirically? This is true in my life. I know that Christ has set me free. And I'm seeing faces of people that have been set free by God. On the count of three. One, two, three. In Christ's victory. Oh my gosh, that was powerful. Let's do that one more time. On the count of three. One, more, one two, three. One more time. One more time. Three more times. One more time. One more time. One more time. Oh my gosh, God is doing something right now in his house. In Christ there's victory. In Christ there's victory. Not in the name of a church, not in the name of an organization, not in the name of our finances, not in the name of our degree, our pedigree, not in the name of our heritage. In Christ, there's victory. That's alone. In Christ alone, there's victory. In Christ alone, he has set us free. In Christ alone, there's victory over the enemy and every assault that comes our way. In Christ alone. And so we have this power working inside of us. Some of you may be saying, Pastor Dan, I don't feel anything. Where in the Bible does it say we go by what we feel? If I was going by the way I feel, I wouldn't be living in this county. A long time ago, I would have been gone. If I would go by the way I feel, uh, you know what? I would be in a bar right now. If I went by the way, I can't go by the way I feel. I, got, I have to go by faith in him and his word. We can't go by the way we feel. We have to go by faith in Christ alone. The Bible says that God, he draws us to him. What his death means to us is he draws us to him. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18... 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18. How many love Jesus tonight? 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18. The Bible says this to us. For you know that you were redeemed from your empty way of life, inherited from your fathers, not with perishable things like silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ. Like that of an unblemished and spotless lamb, he was foreknown before the foundations of the world, but was was revealed in these last times for you. Through him you believe in God who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. That's the God that we serve. He brought us to him. The last point tonight that we're going to be looking at Is this helping anyone tonight? Some of you, helping you? That's good. Praise God. The last one tonight is what his resurrection means to me. What does it mean to me? What does it mean to you? Josephus, the famous Jewish historian, he said these words about Jesus. This man was not a Christian. He was a secular historian he said these words about this time lived Jesus a wise man if indeed one ought to call him a man for he was the achiever of extraordinary deeds and was a teacher of those who accepted truth gladly he won over many Jews and as many of the Greeks he was the messiah When he was indicted by the principal men among him, and Pilate condemned him and crucified those who had come to love him, originally did not cease to do so. For he appeared to them on the third day restored to life. I'm going to say that one more time. For he appeared to them on the third day restored to life as the prophet of the deity had foretold these, and countless others marveled about these things. And the tribe of Christians, so namely after him, has not disappeared to this day. The tribe of Christians that he's talking about, he wrote about about 2,000 years ago. But this tribe of Christians is still flowing today. How many of us know we can say amen to that because we see us here today, right? How do you tell when someone's telling the truth? Well, there's a couple ways. One of them is it stands the test of time. Not only does it stand the test of time, you also have witnesses, right? You have witnesses, witnesses of, of the resurrection. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, in the word of God right there, they said that there was five witnesses that seen Jesus after his death. No, I'm just plain. They said there was 10 witnesses. No, how many of us know how many witnesses seen him? Over how many? That's a lot of witnesses. Have you ever went to a crime and the the cops came up to you and they said, hey, can you give us your your, your story? Can you give us your testimony? Have you ever been in that place where you didn't want to get in trouble so you looked at the cops and said, no, I'm good. We're good. I didn't see nothing. I didn't see nothing. You know what it meant for Christians if they said they were going to stand for Jesus at this time? That meant that they were going to die for them to tell the truth. But what did they do, church? They continue to tell the truth. And over 500 of them seen Jesus. Over 500 of them said, I seen Jesus. Paul the apostle, I seen Jesus. But tonight, how many of you have ever seen Jesus in your life? You've seen his transformation inside of your heart. You've seen his his, his breakthrough inside of your life. You've seen all these things inside of your life. Why? Because you are a follower of Jesus. But you know what the good news is, church? Is that this body right here that we have, it's a corruptible body. Someday we're going to die. Just as Jesus died. But the Bible says that Jesus died but then he resurrected. The Father resurrected his body. And so you and I too, God is going to resurrect our body. and We're going to have new bodies. How many are thankful for that? Man, we're going to have a new body. You're like, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to read that with me today. Out of 1 Corinthians, chapter 15. All of us here today, they say there's two things that we can never escape. One of them is death and taxes. Monday is our final day to send in our taxes, by the way. Death and taxes. Someday we're going to die. And we're going to stand before the Lord... Some of us, it might be this year. For me, it might be this year where I stand before the Lord. But I want to stand there as a servant. I want to stand there as a son. And I want to stand there as someone just in love with him, Jesus. That's how I want to stand there. But all of a sudden, all these scars that I have in my hand and my, my knee that hurts me sometimes and My back that hurts me sometimes right there. That imperishable is going to go, that the perishable is going to turn into imperishable. And what happened in the Corinthian church, church, is someone was spreading a false doctrine there in the church and saying, there's no resurrection. There's no resurrection. And what happened is many people in the Corinthian church, they began to get discouraged. And like, what's the use? And Paul, he, he starts talking to them. And he says, you guys, you know what? If there is no resurrection, we are to be the most pitied of men. We are to be the most embarrassed. If there is no resurrection, what I'm doing is useless. That's what he says. He goes, but look what he says in verse 20. He says this to you and I. He says, but as it is, Christ has been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through one man, the resurrection of the dead also comes through a man. For just as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive. All will be made alive, but each in his own order. Christ, the firstfruits afterward at his coming, those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end. When he hands over the kingdom of God the Father, when he abolishes all the rule and all the authority and all the power, for he must reign until he puts all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be abolished is death, to, be to death. For God has put everything under his feet. Now then, it says everything is put under him. It is obvious that he who puts everything under him is the exception. When everything is subject to Christ, then the son himself will also sub- be subject to the one who subjected everything to him so that God may be all in all. Otherwise, what will they do who are being baptized for the dead? For the dead are not raised at all. Then why are the people baptized for them? Why are we in danger every hour? I face death every day as surely as I may boast about you, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus our Lord. I have fought wild beasts in Ephesus as a mere man. How many of you fighting things in your life? You're like fighting beasts and you're fighting trials, and you're like, man, I just feel like giving up and it just doesn't end. And you're fighting those beasts, those wild lions that the enemy is trying to discourage you and stop you and to divert you from what God's called you to do. The Bible says this in verse 35, but someone will ask, How are the dead raised? What kind of body will they have when they come, you fool? What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. And as for what you sow, you are not sowing the body that will be, but also a seed perhaps, a wheat or another grain. But God gives it a body as he wants and each of the seed of its own body. We're going to jump to verse 55 right here. It says, what I'm saying, brothers and sisters, is this. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor any corruption inherit incorruption. Listen, I am telling you a mystery. We will not all fall asleep, but we will all be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. In a twinkling of an eye. All of a sudden, we're going to breathe one breath, and then we're going to bring one breath into eternity. Different realm, different place. All of a sudden, a new body. Oh, man, this is awesome. The Bible says this. And a twinkling of an eye will sound and the dead will be raised in corruption and we will be changed for the corruptible body must be changed to, in, uh, to be incorruptible. And this mortal body will be clothed with immortality. When the corruptible body is clothed with, with what is incorruptible and this mortal body will be clothed with immortality, then the same will be written, will take place. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where death is your victory? Where death is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, be steadfast. Everyone say steadfast. Unmovable. Say unmovable. Always excelling in the Lord's work. Always excelling in the Lord's work. Because we know that our labor for the Lord is not in vain. It's not in vain. That means that I'm working, I'm working for the Lord, I'm working for the Lord, I'm working for the Lord. There's certain things that I got to do to be unseen, to be unseen. You got to do things to be unseen and just work unto the Lord, work unto the Lord. Hello somebody, you know what I'm talking about. You got to do things when nobody's looking, right, is unto the Lord, working unto the Lord, unto the Lord. You're telling that person about Jesus that no one's talking to, they're at work. You're working unto the Lord, unto the Lord. You're taking in, you're encouraging, you're blessing. You're doing all these things, working unto the Lord. Right there, there's going to be a moment where we die, where we die, and we step into a new place of eternity. Thank you, Jesus, for that. But the God of life also has the power To resurrect the dead. That's the God that we serve. That's the God that we serve. And someday, in a twinkling of an eye, we're going to be caught up with him forever. You know what, when I know that, when I know that truth, church, that he resurrected from the dead, that resurrection power inside of me is encouraged to go forward for him. I don't want to quit, why? Because I know someday... I'm going I'm gonna, I want to be in front of him with a big smile. When the devil comes and and, and brings temptation or brings discouragement, I think about that day. I want to stand before Jesus. I'm not gonna lie. I remember years ago, years ago in Porterville, I get this call from a 90 year old, 80 year old, uh, uh, lady. She calls me. I don't even know how she got my phone number. She calls me. She says, "Is Daniel there? Can I speak to you?" Yes. Hello. She goes, I want you to tell you every time you want to sin and you want to run back to the world, you need to think about the cross and what he did for you on that tree. You need to think about his blood. You need to think about his scars. You need to think about how he wept for you on that tree. So, next time you're in that place of temptation, I ch- challenge you to go to G- Golgotha. Get to that place. Say, Jesus, let me see what you did for me. But not only what he did for us, but that he resurrected from the dead. And that he is coming again. Let's give him praise in this place. We worship you. We praise your name. We glorify your name. We, we humble ourselves before you, God. And we thank you for your grace. If we could all stand in this place. If you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. you're like, you know what? I want my sins forgiven. I want to join God's family. If you could do one thing. If you just raise your hand up right there, right where you're at. We want to pray for you. You can raise your hand up. Raise it up right where you're at. We want to pray for you. Say, you know what, I want Jesus in my life. I want to accept Christ in my life. Raise your hand up right where you're at. Say, yes. I would like to accept Christ in my life. I want my sins forgiven. I want to join God's family. Raise your hands up right where you're at. God loves you. He has a plan for you. For you that are watching online, how many of you love Jesus tonight? But maybe you're here tonight, you're watching online, you don't know the Lord, you're far away from God. Maybe you're a backslider and you're running away from God, and you're like, "I know I'm not right with God. Just raise your hand up right where you're at and you say, "You know what, I want to accept Jesus in my life. I want to accept Christ in my life. I want my sins forgiven." I want to join God's family. That's you here tonight. We want to pray for you. We want to believe God for you. God loves you. God loves you. He has a great purpose for your life.